Good morning, good morning, good morning. You are here with me, Jermaine Jackson, as we are preparing to go into yet another episode of Testimonial Tuesday by way of the New Beginnings podcast. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. So we are truly grateful to God for blessing us and allowing us to see yet another day. The sun is shining, the S-U-N, but who knows that the S-O-N, the sun, Jesus Christ, that he, his glorious light is yet shining through each and every one of our lives. So we just praise God for another day. Amen. Um, hope that as you hear this message, as you hear me speaking, that you are being found within your right mind and good health and that all is well in your end. I know many of us are starting our day. Kids are getting off school. People are getting ready for work. We are moving and processing through this day. But please, as you hear this episode on the New Beginnings podcast with Jay Jackson, need you to go to their YouTube page. Need you to like, subscribe, and follow. You can also listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, any other podcast platforms that you may know of. You can listen to the New Beginnings podcast with Jay Jackson. Amen. I thank God for his word on today that truly is a word. We are going to be speaking from the subject, Does the Church Need a Reset? Amen. And we're going to go further into that as we go through this episode of Testimonial Tuesday, uh, just where this word came from. And definitely we're going to have uh, scriptures as our foundation uh, to this lesson on today. So if you would, please, if you have the time, join me in a word of prayer. Father, we praise you. We magnify you and we thank you, Lord, from the from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. It is the name of the Lord that is worthy to be praised. And Father, I just thank you for another day. For on this day as we rose up, God, you blessed us and gave us new mercy, O oh Lord, and I thank you even now. And Lord, as we come before your presence, we come before the throne of grace. Lord, I come before you asking for forgiveness. For Lord, in your word, it says that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Lord, cleanse me afresh. Cleanse me from every thought, from every word that was not like you, that was not pleasing unto the eyesight, Lord. I am asking for your sincere forgiveness. Thank you, Lord Jesus for being my mediator, my advocate. Hallelujah. Thank you for your shed blood on Calvary's cross. I give you praise, the honor, and the glory. And Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for my family. Lord, I thank you for every listener, God, for everyone that supports this podcast. I'm praying that you will bless them and keep them, oh God, in the name of Jesus. I'm praying that as this word go forth, oh God, that it would touch someone, that it would encourage them, inspire them, and uplift them, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your divine protection, Lord. I'm asking that you would look over all of the nations that are going through things, uh, the people in um, Maui, Hawaii, Father, that dealt with the fires, Lord. Look over those ones, those families that lost loved ones, oh God. I pray that people will come together, Lord, to help that nation, God, in the name of Jesus. Touch and keep those in California that are going through the hurricane, oh God. Watch over and keep them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, stretch forth your mighty hand, oh God, and have mercy upon this world, oh God. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Let us be conscious of the times and the seasons that we are in, oh God. Hallelujah. For your word speaks clearly, oh God, the times that we are in. So, Father, let this be a time that we are praying more, God, that we are seeking your face even more, that we are repenting even more, asking for forgiveness, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for giving us time, Lord, to get it right. Thank you, Lord, that before you send your son to crack the sky, oh Lord, ye not on my say. Father, that you're giving us time to get it together, and I give you praise, honor, and glory, Lord. I thank you for all that you have done and all that you're doing right now in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you on this day once again. 
I want to welcome you to the New Beginnings Podcast with Jay Jackson. We are in our Testimonial Tuesday session, and I am glad to be here with each and every one of you. I want to give an honor to God who is the head of my life. I thank him for yet being saved, sanctified, and filled with the precious Holy Ghost. And I want to give an honor to my pastors of the Christian Family Worship Center, located in Hammond, Indiana, 6532 Arizona Avenue, where my pastors are Dr. Xavier Menzies and Pastor Latanya Menzies. Guess what, y'all? This week at my church, we are in our uh, church and pastor's anniversary. Amen. Giving praise to God for that. Amen. On Thursday, 7 o'clock p.m., we are going to be in the worship center. Amen. Just praising God, thanking God that our pastors have made it 16 years in the ministry. And some people may be asking, well, um, you know, Brother Jermaine, why are you, well, this is your podcast, this is your show, why are you mentioning your pastors? Can I tell you uh, that it's a blessing when you understand that you're subjected to authority, amen, when you know that everybody needs a pastor, amen, I thank God for the word he gives me, I thank God for this platform, but I am in submission to someone else, amen, I'm not out here just doing this on my own, doing what I want to do, but I believe in giving honor. I believe that we need somebody to guide us. We need somebody to watch over our souls. We need this. Amen. So if you are, no matter how anointed you are, how much God is moving upon your life, everybody needs a pastor. Amen. If you're willing to submit, if you're willing to honor the men and women of God in your life, you need somebody that can watch over your soul, somebody that can teach you, guide you, train you, all of those things. We need that. So you're always going to see me giving honor. Amen. Amen. I want to say good morning. God bless you, Brother Leonard Kyle. Bless you, sir. Good morning. Amen. So let's get into this lesson because talking about honoring and giving double honor, that's a whole nother sermon. Amen. But we're going to talk about this lesson this morning. Does the church need a reset? Let's read 1 Timothy. We're going to read in the Amplified <clears throat> verses 1, 2, 3, talking about an apostate church. Bless you. Good morning, Sister Cynthia. It says, but the Holy Spirit explicitly and unmistakably declares that in latter times some will turn away from the faith, paying attention instead to deceitful and seductive spirits and doctrines of demons, misled by the hypocrisy of liars whose consciousness are seared as with a branding iron, leaving them incapable of ethical functioning, who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from certain kinds of food which God has created to be gratefully shared by those who believe and have a clear knowledge of the truth. What prompted me to go into this lesson is I go throughout my week, you know, you hear people talk, you see certain things, and I always ask God, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? There are times where God will give me a clear-cut word, scripture, and I know exactly what to teach. But then, based off conversations I have, things I see being portrayed in social media, the Lord will begin to deal with me on how to tackle these issues and talk about them in response from the word of God. So I, this is podcast I watch called the pivot podcast and there was an athlete that was on the expressing their faith in god in jesus christ when they came into a relationship with god and one of the podcast hosts asked about their faith that how do you basically express your faith when people are moving away from the church moving away from the church and when i heard that comment there's nothing against the person that said it the host of the show but it got me to thinking, are we really in a state in this world where people are moving away from the church? And it's very evident. You see it all around. People that don't want to literally go to church. They don't. The people have found their own kind of how they perceive faith, how they perceive their relationship with God. And people are kind of making up their own religion on how they're going to have a relationship with God. And then later on this week, 
I was sitting with some young people, was hearing them talk about something, and they were talking about school and going to different schools. And I remember one young person um, talked about going to Marian Catholic. And uh, her friend was talking about her, talking about why would you want to go to that school and pray to Mary? You're going to be talking to Jesus and kind of just making a mockery of it, the, the joking of it that, which the Lord knows in our schools today, we need Jesus. We need God in our schools because we see the shootings. We see the violence. We see all these things that are happening in our schools. There's every time we need prayer in schools, we need it today. Amen. But God has been removed from the schools in so many capacities to where now if you go to a school where prayer stuff is still implemented, children think it's funny, think it's a joke. So it prompted me to ask the question, does the church need to be reset? Do we need to be refocused? Because it's not God that needs to be reset. And his, and his word does not need to be reset. In Isaiah 40 and 8, it says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God, the word of our God stands forever. Can I tell you that God is not changing, that his word is not changing? Let, let, let's go a little bit further. Let's go to Matthew, the 24th chapter. As I you know, use my tab to change through these verses, I, I just want to show you that when, when we talk about the church, I'm talking about us, the people, the body of Christ. God ain't changing. God is consistent. He's been consistent from the beginning of time till now, forever and ever to eternity. God is going to remain the same. He's eternal. He, he, he's not going to change who he is and his word is not going to change. In Matthew 24 and 35, it says heaven and earth as now known will pass away, but my words will not pass away. This was Jesus talk. He said, my words ain't going to pass. My word is going to stand. Can I tell you that the word of God is consistent, that when God spoke it, it, it stands? So when we begin to look at the state of the church, what has changed? God hasn't changed. His word hasn't changed. But can I tell you that people change, that people switch up, people change up all the time? That sometimes you look at the state and the condition of the church now. I've heard one person say the church has become a lack, a laughing stock. The church has become a shameful place because sometimes you look at it, the church has not, it's not being what God has intended for it to be. Why he created the system of the church and what his son died for, Jesus Christ, that what the body of Christ is supposed to be. Sometimes you look around at the state of condition of the church, it is not what God intended for it to be. And we are losing people. When I read in First Timothy, it talks about in the latter days. First Timothy 4 was talking about believers. There are people that once believed that in this time are going away from the faith, being seduced by evil spirits, functioning in hypocrisy, forbidding to marry. We know that is a big thing that right now in the world. A lot of people just don't want to be married because of the divorce rates. And they try to say the divorce rate is the highest in the church. And the world is looking at the church saying, well, if they got God, if they got Jesus and they can't put that love in their marriage, then what's the point of us being married? What type of example are we setting for the world? We as the body of Christ need a reset. Well, why do you keep saying, Jermaine, that the body of Christ needs a reset? Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Let's go to the 12th chapter and let's go to verse 13. I'm going to read verse 27. 13 says, for by one Holy Spirit, we are all baptized into one body, spiritually transformed, united together, whether Jews or Greeks, Gentiles, slaves or free. And we are all made to drink of the one Holy Spirit since the same Holy Spirit fills each life. Let's go quickly to verse 27. Amen. 
Now you collectively are Christ's body. Collectively, wait a minute. There's the devil has brought so much division in the church where we're focused on denomination. We're focused on titles. We got all these division in the church. We got so many people vying and fighting for position. We got pop. We got the, you hear people talk about the pop-up preachers that somebody was in the church and they popping up there, pastor, they popping up here. Everybody want to have their own, but it says now you collectively are Christ's body. And individually, you are members of it, each with his own special purpose and function. One of the biggest spirits that is in the church right now is the spirit of division. Everybody wants their own. Nobody wants to humble themselves. Nobody wants to esteem themselves higher than who they are. Everybody wants to be somebody. Nobody just wants to say, I just want to serve. I just want to celebrate others. Everybody can't be in charge. Everybody ain't meant to be an authority. All these gifts and things that God has given us, we're supposed to collectively work together to carry out the mission of the church, to continue. One of the great commission is to go out and preach the gospel to all the world. In order for you to proclaim the gospel, you don't have to have a pulpit. You don't have to have a special service. For those that are pastors and bishops and prophets and apostles and all of that, there's a special anointing on their life. And a lot of people are looking at these positions and they want the glory out of it. Amen. Bless you, Sister Cynthia, saying the church has become a culture of popularity and pride. People want the popularity of the church. But a lot of people don't understand the dark side of ministry. That when God calls you up higher, there's a lot more you got to deal with. The enemy is going to attack you more. There's a lot more strain. When God really has a call and an anointing on your life, people want the popularity and the fame of it or the benefits for it, or they have an ulterior motive, but they don't want to go through the pain and suffering. They don't want to go through the attacks that come with it. They don't want to go through that because we're looking at the wrong thing. The purpose of the, of the church is to bring people to God, to bring people to Jesus Christ. It's just That's just on a surface level. I, I'm not even going in to all of it. We need a reset. We're supposed to be saving the world. The world is supposed to come to the church for healing, for deliverance. There used to be a time in church when people came to church to say, I'm bound by drugs. I'm bound by addiction. But I know I can come here and get prayer and get delivered. People could come to the church sick. You hear the stories about people being delivered off of canes and oxygen tanks, medicines. I'm not saying that it's not happening, but it's not in abundance as it used to be. What happened to the summer revivals? I remember when the summertime, you could ride down the street and you would see tents set up at every church because people were having revival. I remember when churches would come together, they would put it on their schedule that this is a high time of evangelism and we're going to link up a couple of pastors to come together with no egos. They were humble and saying, we're looking at our community and souls need to be saved. It's not about me trying to get more members than you, but we realize there's a need that the enemy is running rampant in our community and we need to go and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ that souls might be saved. I remember being a kid at revival, seeing multiple pastors preach at revivals, praying, people getting healed, delivered, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. And then people would sit with them. You got options. You can attend this church this church, when people would go get the vans, that after people would come to those revivals, they would get the vans, the church vans, and go looking for you. Hey, you came to the revival and got healed. I need you to come to church. 
when they would follow up and check on people. This is the mission. This is the purpose. How are we losing the functionality of what the church is here for? God said, I will give you pastors after my own heart. You have people in the church that just have selfish motives. They don't really care about nobody. They're coming to do what they, God didn't call you to what he called you to for your personal gain. He called you there to help somebody else. Some of the things that we're going through in life, body of Christ, it's not even about us. Some things that we've suffered, some things that we've gone through, you're going to encounter somebody. God walked with you. He brought you through it. But there's somebody that's going through what you've went through or that you're presently going through, but they don't have God. They're not saved. But your story, your testimony is going to help bring them out of what they're going through if you're willing to share your testimony. But if you're going to sit and have your pity party and say, oh, woe is me. Why me, God? Why am I going through? How many stories are there in the Bible of people that have went through suffering because of Christ, because of their servitude to God, that we use those same stories to encourage us? Yes, we're not writing the Bible, but the stories that we read each and every day, they're there to encourage us that we might encourage others. We need a reset. Let's go to uh, Romans very quickly, 12 and 5. Amen. God, I thank you for your word. So we who are many are nevertheless just one body in Christ. And individually, we are parts one of another, mutually dependent on each other. Can I tell you that the church, we're supposed to depend on each other? And, and I just want to stay here for, for, for a minute. The church, I was speaking to a brother. And he was talking about how the church is a community, how we can support each other. And I'm not just talking about within the four walls of the church. But if your church is in whatever community you're in, how are we servicing our community? I think it's a shame before heaven if we got a church in our community, but we never outreach to our neighbors. Some of us have churches and we have neighbors right next door to us. And we're not trying to see what their needs are. They may never step inside your church. Don't you know that Jesus went places and preached and healed and delivered and everybody didn't follow him, but he did what he could to, to interact with them and to reach out to them. If your church is in a community where you got houses, I just want you to reflect for a minute. When was the last time you just went by your neighbor's door? Hey, we're here at the local church. Just want to check on you. Do you need anything? Are you good? How's your family? Is there anything we can do for your children? Some people say, well, that's crazy. We should knock on the door. But is that evangelism? Sometimes people may not come to your church, but is the church a place where people can be welcome? Sometimes you go in church and you see some of the most meanest faces. People make you feel unwelcome. But I don't think Jesus ever made anybody feel unwelcome. He came with love and appreciation for everyone. We need a reset body of Christ. Are we truly reflecting the persona of Jesus Christ? When we think about how Christ approached people, how he served them and helped them, Christ was never about himself. He was about doing his father's business. We today in the body of the Christ, we don't know how to forgive. Don't let somebody hurt you or do something to you. We are holding so much unforgiveness and grudges toward people. That's not like God. We don't want to talk to nobody. We don't want to work out situations. And I'm not even just talking about in the church, sometimes in our own family. How many of you that are, you saved, Holy Ghost filled, 
part of the body of Christ, but you can't stand your brother or your sister. I'm not talking, I'm talking about in your family. You hate your cousin. You can't stand your trifling auntie. Oh, you, you shouldn't say that, Jermaine. But ain't that how we talk about our families? And we're supposed to exemplify the body of Christ? And if the truth be told, if your family really express what they think about you, they may look at you and, and realize, they be wondering, the reason I ain't going to church because I see you. Don't you know some of us were killing our witness in our own families because of the way we represent Jesus? That some of our families that we should be leading to the Lord is not willing to come because they said, well, I'm going to go to the church and I'm looking at you. You up here at the family reunion doing the same thing I'm doing. You just as messy as I am. And you go to that church. So if that's what church is like, I can stay right where I'm at and continue to have a relationship with God on my own. And many people in the world today, that's what they're doing. They're developing their own relationship to God and we are losing our witness to the world. We need a reset. We need to get back into the word and see, God, what was your intention for the body of Christ? If two churches are two or three blocks away from each other, do we fellowship together? Well, I don't fellowship with that church because they Methodist. And over here, we Pentecostal. So what? Because the denominational names are different, we can't fellowship. We can't come reason together. We can't break bread together. We can't have a conversation about God. Are we going to let these little isms and schisms keep us divided here in the body of Christ? We've got an assignment. We got to stop letting the enemy divide us and we got to come together because we're killing our witness. We're losing our next generation. We have a generation that is rising up that does not know God, that does not want to know God, that does not want to go to church. Whose fault is that? It's not God. His word ain't changed. God has not changed. Christ already did everything for it, gave us everything. He has equipped us with everything that we need to reach this world. But it's us. It's us. Some of us, we, we've just got lazy. We've got lackadaisical. We don't have time for God. Remember back in the day when you used to go to church Bible study? And I, I know the pandemic slowed us down, but in most churches, we're back in the church. We're literally back in the building. The building is the meeting place. A lot of people want to say, well, I ain't going. The building is a meeting place. If you think about it in life, Every job in this world, you got to go, you got to go somewhere. You got to have an office. You got to meet somewhere, certain events and organizations in order to do what you need to do. You have to meet someplace. So we meet in the church to receive the word, to worship instruction, but we got to have a location. We, we got to have a place. But the church is us. It's the people. I just read it in scripture. It, it, it's us. We, we are the people. But what do we do for those believers that we said in 1 Timothy 4 when it says that some will turn away from the faith, paying attention instead to deceitful and seductive spirits and doctrines of demons? The word of God is the only doctrine we need to follow. You got to be very careful what people are putting in your ear. You got to know the word for yourself. Now, does that mean that some people going to take that and run? Oh, Jermaine, well, I know the word for myself, so I don't need a pastor. No. That's not true. But you got to be careful and listen to what people are saying, because some people are, are preaching doctrines that are not lining up with the word of God. Misled by hypocrisy of liars who consciously seared as them, branded iron, leaving them incapable of ethical functioning. Y'all hear it in the streets. 
There are people in the church that just have no type of ethical or moral principles. That their consciousness is so messed up where they're in church worshiping God, but got premeditated sin. As soon as I get out of service, I'm finna go this, do this, this, and that. And people are watching. That's what I mean by we're killing our witness. Pete, don't you know body of Christ? I'm speaking to every believer that somebody's watching you. What are you representing? Are you authentically representing Christ in everything that you do? And I hear it. Well, Jermaine, I, I'm not perfect. I, I'm not the best. I, I make mistakes. Guess what? We all do. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But let's stop making excuses. If you're going to be saved, be saved all the way. If you're going to be a representation of who Jesus Christ is, represent him to the fullest. Let your light shine so all the world can see it. If we're going to represent God, let's represent him all the way. Represent him not just when you at the church on Sunday. Represent him on your job. Represent him in the grocery store. If you ride in your car, bump up your gospel music. If you're going to give him a praise, give him a praise all the time. Let's not just worship him on Sunday, but then all through the week, we acting like we don't know God. We need a reset. Nowhere do you find in Jesus' life where he was not honoring and representing God. If you can find sometime in the Bible when Jesus, Jesus, if, I, if we talk about being a church and a representation of God, let's look at Jesus Christ. When do we find when he was not doing his father's bid, when he was not representing God? God gave us a sure enough example of righteous living through Jesus Christ. And I understand, no, we are not Jesus, but every day, Lord, I want to be like you. And Lord, if I do miss, if I do fall, Lord, I'm asking for forgiveness. Don't abuse the grace of God. Let's not continue to stay in sin for our entire lives, but let our lives constantly be a life of praise and worship unto God, constantly in life, no matter where I'm at. People need to know that I represent Christ to the fullest. Verse three, who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods. You hear all this stuff about people not eating certain stuff, people that's against marriage. These were people who were once believers. But guess what? God is married to the backslider. Can I tell you, believer, you can come back to God? The God and a lot of people, we got to understand, I'm going to say this. God ain't left us. A lot of us have left God. A lot of us have turned our back on him. God still loves us. God still wants the best for you. I hope somebody hear this. You hear people in the world say, I don't think God will ever accept because of what I've done. God can deliver you from whatever it is that tries to bind you. And God wants you to get well. God wants you to be healed and delivered. The enemy is going to come for us. Do you think the devil is happy that you're living saved, that you're representing Christ in your life? He wants you to be defeated. The enemy wants you to fall. That's why he brings us with temptation. He he uh, entices us, tries to get alternative doctrines in your mind. But to the body of Christ, we need a reset. We've got to make a decision that we're going to honor God with every part of our lives. We got to be willing to forgive people. Some of us need to go back and tell people we're sorry for what we said to them or what we said about them. Some of us need to go back to people and say, you know what? I heard this about you. And instead of me coming to you, I believe what somebody else told me. 
and put my mouth on you, and I want to ask for forgiveness. Jermaine, that, that seems that seems abnormal. What do you mean? They didn't even hear me, but God did. We need to repent. Jesus, I give you praise. We got to repent from those secret things that nobody saw, that nobody heard, but God heard it. For the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil as well as the good. We've got some secret things. That the reason we can't progress and do what it is that God wants us to do, because there's so many secrets, those those iniquities, those hidden sins that we don't want to confess. Am I saying you got to stand up in somewhere and confess before the entire world? No. But some of us know those secret things that we harbor, what we've done, what we said, and we wondering why we're not being used to the fullest capacity. God has anointed us. God has blessed us. But we're kind of like in a stance that will held back because we don't want to search deep inside. We don't want to let go of that inward thing that we know that's consuming us on the inside. Some of us are trying to function in the body of Christ and we're broken. We're hurt. We still hurt from the abuse. We still hurt from the abandonment of those that left us. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. How am I going to help heal others if I'm still broken? Some of us are wounded internally and we don't want to deal with it. Or we're wounded and we help others, encourage them, but then we're in a corner crying because we really fighting depression. Fighting rejection. Body of Christ, we need a reset. We need to be healed. We need to be made whole. How am I going to go out there in the streets to the highways and byways and compel them to come and I'm broken. I'm damaged. I'm scarred. So now I'm going to take on somebody else's weights. I'm going to take on somebody else's sin and I haven't dealt with myself. Sometimes we're busy ministering on the altar. We're helping people get to the prayer line and sometimes we need to come with our hands up and be in the prayer line. Lord, help me. I don't want to keep coming to church receiving powerful words, impartation, information, inspiration, and none of it ever applies to me. If I take that word, oh, I went to church yesterday, man. Let me tell you the word that my pastor preached. Man, it was a great word. Hey, I want to share this with y'all and do this and do that. We talk about, some of us, we talk about what God is doing for us. And people are blessed when we give them that information. But guess what? The word should come to us first. I should, I should feed, I should eat off that word. When I'm being fed, it's something to come to church and the pastor ministers and feeds you, feeds the sheep, but you don't get full off the word or the word is sitting at you. It, thou preparest the table before me. The word is prepared for you, but you decide not to eat it. You know what? I don't like this word today. Let me move it to the side. Every time I come in the house of God, the word speaks to me. I get fed. I get fed. I'm. A, I, that's why I go to worship. I go for instruction. I go that my faith may be elevated. The just shall live by faith. Faith come by hearing, hearing by. The more that I hear the word of God, the more my faith is increased. The more it's established. But how can we go help somebody else if we're not taking in what we are receiving from the Lord? 
So body of Christ, and there may be a part two to this. We need a reset. Let's go back to our first love, who it should be God. Let's go back to the mission of the church. Let's go out and proclaim the gospel to each and every person. We've all got an assignment. We've all got a purpose. But in your everyday life, are you fulfilling your purpose that God has sent you here for? And somebody may be saying, man, Jermaine, you're asking a whole lot of questions this morning. Because a lot of times we got to do a self-reflection. God, am I really being used to my fullest capacity? Are you using me in the way that I'm supposed to be used to fulfill the mission of the body of Christ, Lord? Or have I become selfish? Have I become unuseful? I don't want to be in the church with God and he not be able to use me. Not for popularity, not for fame, not for clout. I don't have no ulterior motive, but it is pleasing unto him. You may have heard me say this on the podcast. One of my favorite songs right now is that it's all for you. It says the song is all I do. It's all for you. I want God to know that everything that I do is for him. And if you ever listen to the song, I think it's by Sam Robertson, the Levites. The lead is Pastor Courtney Franklin. And you begin to listen as the lead talks about everything that I do. God is for you. Do we have that mentality yet as we prepare to close and go on to prayer? That everything that I do, I want to honor God. I want to honor God. If you didn't hear nothing else, I ask yourself that question today. And it almost brings tears to my eyes. Because it hit home. We as the body of Christ. Ask yourself that today and everything that I do. Is it honoring God and my worship and my prayer in everything? If we ask ourselves that question, it allow us to look in every area of our life and say, Lord, I need a reset. Because this area, God, I'm not honoring you as I should. Hallelujah. In this area, God, I'm not worshiping you like I should. In this area of my life, God, I thought I was giving you my very best, but I'm not. It's not to condemn anyone. It's not to make you feel bad, but to make us aware of the God that we serve. And he deserves so much more from each and every one of us, me included. Don't y'all think that I'm on here giving this word out and it's not hitting me. Like I said, I'm holding back tears in my eyes because I'm thinking about areas. Even as I speak, Lord, I can do more to serve you, to honor you, to show people that you are God, that you that I'm happy. I'm are we happy and glad to, for people to know that we love God, that we serve him, that he's the Lord over our life? Are we happy? I get excited when people know and they can recognize that, man, you a real man of God. You say you love God. Absolutely. Because I want God to be pleased. And if you see the God that's in me, I believe that's pleasing unto him. When we honor God with our service, and when people see, I can tell that you, you know what people say, you go to church, you save. I don't get ashamed by that. I get happy when people know that I love God and that I serve God and that in every part of my life, in my family, in my professional capacity, in every part of my life, you see I am the way that I am because of God. That's what the church is supposed to be, that in every area of my life, you don't see Jermaine, but you see God. Yes, Jermaine is a person. I have a person that all of that. 
but I am who I am because of God. And in every area of my life, I'm in representation of the father of Jesus Christ. So ask yourself that question. Am I representing God in everything that I do? In everything that I do, is it really for him? Father, I give you praise. Honor you and I magnify you for this word on today. God, I pray for the body of Christ, Lord, that I also am a part of. Father, let us not lose focus and vision, Lord. Hallelujah. Of the purpose and the mission that you have given us. Lord, I thank you for every gift, every talent. Thank you for your anointing that is upon your people, oh God. Thank you for what you've called us to. But Lord, let us be mindful that in all that we do, that it's all for you. Let us be mindful to honor you, God, and to praise you and to worship you in our lives, oh God. Even with everyone that we encounter, Lord, let our speech and our conversations be filled with worship. And Lord, forgive us for every action and reaction and thought and word. God, that has not pleased you, that may have dishonored you, that may have put us as an open shame before heaven. Woo, God, but let us do a soul search, God. Glory be to your name, God, that we can be found worthy of the vocation of which you have called us, O God. Lord, let us make our calling and election sure before heaven, O God, before you, O God. Hallelujah. I give you praise, O Lord. Let us be mindful to do a self-reflection, O God, of where we are in you, O Lord. Father, you're coming back for a church that is without spot or wrinkle. And Lord, when you come forth, we don't want to be spotted. We don't want to be wrinkled, God. We don't want to be found not being in place, O God. Christ, you are the groom and we know that we are the, we are the bride, the church, we are God. And Jesus, we don't want you to come back to a church that is not ready for you, oh God. But help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let us come before you with a repenting heart. Let the body of Christ turn from everything that displeases you, oh God, that dishonors you, oh Lord, that taints the image of the church, God, and what you've called us to be. And I bind the spirit of division that comes to divide up the body of Christ. I bind the spirit of competition and jealousy, God, envy all of these things, O oh Lord. I bind the spirit that makes us as men and women of God have an ulterior motive, O oh Lord. And I bind the strong man of pride that will try to rise up in the body of Christ. And I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And the devil is a liar. Anything that God endorses, we know that the enemy opposes, O oh God. Hallelujah. Yay, glory be to your name. But let us be this church that you are calling for in this last and evil day, God. Let us turn our attention to those that are lost, those that are broken, those that are hurt, those that have been abandoned and abused, oh God. Let us turn our attention to them. Let them know that there, there is a God that loves them unconditionally and that you want the best for them, oh God. Let us get off our own agendas and that everything that we do, oh God, that it will be for you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Created us a clean heart. Renew within us the right spirit. And I give you praise. I give you honor, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for the prayer requests. Amen. Bless you, Sister Cynthia, that is in the chat. And Father, we lift up Megan before you, O oh God. Hallelujah, that has to have the kidney removed, oh Lord. Yeah, he got on our most. Lord, we know that you are a healer. 
And Lord, we lift up this name before you, God, as you told us to cast our cares unto you, O God, for you care for us. And Father, we stand in proxy, Lord, praying that you would heal her, Lord, for you sent your word and healed them, God. Lord, heal Megan in the name of Jesus. Touch her in the name of Jesus, God. Hey, come on, God. We know that you can touch and restore organs, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Do it, Lord. Yeah, God. Work a miracle in Megan's life, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Touch those doctors, all those that are watching over her and monitoring this, oh God. Touch them in the name of Jesus. Hey, heal from the mass that is covering the kidney. In the name of Jesus, Father, we give you praise. Lord, look over Mary, God, that has to go on to dialysis, God. Woo! Yeah, nah, 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 say, God. Touch and regulate the flow of that blood, oh God. Yeah, come on, God. Heal in the name of Jesus. We stand in agreement, oh God. Do it for in the name of Jesus, Lord. And look over Sister Cynthia's son, Aaron, oh God. Hiya. Father, save him in the name of Jesus, Lord. We calling on you right now. You said that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that they shall be saved, Lord. And we're calling, we're interceding for Aaron, oh God. Father, that you would turn his heart. And the day when Aaron hears your voice, oh God, whoo, my God, let him not harden his heart, oh God, but let him hear your voice, oh God. Thank you, Lord, that he has a mother that is interceding for him, oh God, and a community of prayer warriors that is crying out for his name. Lord, save Aaron in the name of Jesus. Yeah, nah, 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 my say. Yeah, glory be to God. Save him, God. Yeah, turn him from everything that is not like you, God, and grab his attention, Lord, that he may declare out of his mouth that you are his Lord and Savior. God, I give you praise, oh God, and let him believe in his heart that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Save Aaron, God. Do it in the name of Jesus. We declare that it is done in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hey, God, if you are under the sound of my voice, if you've heard me call these names in prayer, I just hope that you will stand with me in agreement that God is going to do it, that God is going to heal Sister Megan and Sister Mary, and that God will save Aaron in the name of Jesus. Amen. Many of us have children that are unsaved. Hallelujah. So when somebody is crying out for their children to be saved, whoo, my God, body of Christ, we know how to react. And I'm I say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, save our seed, Lord. Save our children. Save our grandchildren, oh God. Save our great-grandchildren, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Glory be to your name, God. Father, I give you praise. And God, I thank you now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for those prayer requests, Sister Cynthia. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember, I always say you can put your prayer requests in the chat. You can send them to my uh, email. I'm willing to pray for you and with you and stand in agreement with you. Amen. And I just thank you for this time. Thank you for joining me on the New Beginnings Podcast with Jay Jackson here by way of Testimonial Tuesday. Amen. I'm praying that you all would have a blessed day that the favor and the mercy and the grace of God will reign upon your life. Amen. As you go throughout this day and the rest of your week, join me here next week on Testimonial Tuesday. Amen. Where God will be speaking. Hallelujah. We will be teaching. We might be praising. We might be praying. We just want God to have his way. And I want you to be blessed, uplifted, encouraged, and inspired. Amen. Share this with somebody else. This word has touched you on today. And I pray that as you have heard this message, that you're going to get a reset. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm definitely there's going to be a reset in my life. Even as I said here, I told you, I'm not ashamed. Trust me, as a man, I'm a big, strong man. But it's things about God that just touches my heart. And I'm never afraid to let the tears flow. Hallelujah, God, I give you praise because I love God so much. And I know that God loves me. 
and I am passionate about serving him and pleasing him with my life. And if the entire body of Christ, if we all have this passion, I believe we can give God even more that we can give him our very best and more. And now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, I say, be the glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and ever. Amen. God bless you. May you all have an exceptional day. I love you with the love of Christ. And we'll see you next week on Testimonial Tuesday.